This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your first stop for the best in Western style. And by the way, you don't have to be into the Western look to grab a good looking pair of boots. I recently got a pair of ostrich skin round tip boots, and I'm warm with my suit. These boots are so versatile that I can throw them on with a full head to toe suit. And Anthony Smith came right up to me and he's asking me where I got them. Well, I told him the only place to get them, Tacovas. And they have a seasonal limited edition offering. It's right now, this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, accessory, and more. My wife just surprised me with the ostrich wallet and a belt for my birthday, in case you've seen me. I feel like I look pretty sharp in it. I truly do, and Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style, plus their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, and shop for new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it into the store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-B-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and they ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your favorite pair of boots today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, guys, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly on to you. I haven't skipped a beat using Mint Mobile services. I have a great service even when I'm traveling for over less than 70% of what I was paying before. Listen to Uncle Chael and say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash chale. That's mintmobile.com slash chale. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash chale. $45 upfront payment required. That's equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. What's happening, guys? Happy Sunday. 
and thank you for joining another special episode of your welcome all right i gotta tell you the ufc just ended john jones just returned shevchenko just lost her championship i want to give you my immediate thoughts all right guys i'm here at the studio i raced over here for you guys wanted to talk to you about this want to do it as quickly as i could get some of these thoughts out whether whether really fresh and it's tough from my perspective, right? Don't And don't forget this. Where I am today and where I'll be in a year and where I'll be 10 years is the same place that I started in 1993 as far as it has to do with this sport. I'm a fan. That That's who I am. That's what I am. I love these moments. I will be slightly down tomorrow. Depressed might be a strong word. But I will definitely have a hangover. I will have the blues when I wake up because the event's gone. I have to look forward to the next event. I think that you guys can relate with that, right? Like last night, I'm up extra late. I, I'm excited. John Jones has been out for three years. Now, forget about where John's skills are. You, you, you have to do that. You, you must go down this journey with me or you're not going to fully understand what you just saw. Whether John got better in the last three years or he didn't, whether John putting on size made him more powerful and made him a better athlete or it didn't, whether John put in the time, he had the dedication, he lived in the practice room, he worked with the coaches enough, or he didn't is subsequent to one thing. What's he believe? That is the number one question. The number one question is, what does he believe? Does he believe he's as good as he once was? Does he believe he put in as many miles? Does he believe he sparred as many rounds? Does he believe he listened to his coaches and he was disciplined enough to be a world champion? It's not what he says. By the way, that's what I don't want you to... Uh, well, of course, that's what his fighters are supposed to say. And of course, these fighters are confident. They're all completely confident. No, they're not. None of them are. Surreal Gone was not completely confident. I, just for example, but most people aren't. How would you be? How would you be completely... How would you know if you're going to get tired 20 minutes in? How would you know if this guy has more power than you could deal with. How would you know if you can stop his take? I mean, just by example, right? It's one of these things to talk about confidence. It's another thing. Does a guy actually have it? For John to be able to go out, to overwhelm Surreal Gone, to do it in record time. I mean, this was stunning. This was stunning. I personally didn't give John a wonderful competition. I gave him a hell of a lot more time than Surreal Gone did. Surreal wanted out. I don't say that to put Surreal down. That was a guillotine. He was losing oxygen. We wouldn't expect anything from anybody, right? Protect yourself at all times. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm sharing with you to have a top side guillotine up against a fix when the guy's back is on the fence. And to turn that into a submission has to have an element, even if it's just sprinkled in ever so light, it has to have an element of that guy wants out. And for John to be three years out, not to be active, to be in a new weight class, to walk out last, doing all of that in front of a sold-out arena and on the heels, imagine what the energy was. Imagine what the energy would be like 
walking out last on the heels of one of the biggest upsets in female history. And John was able to compose. We believed that John would want to take down. We, the expert viewer, believed that John would have an advantage in the wrestling department. But I'll just remind you, when this fight broke out, John did not come out with an urgency of a takedown. There was nothing about that performance where John is winking to the audience, conceding he's better on his feet, but if I can get him down by the sweat of my brow, it's not what happened. John went out and fought him. Went out and threw ones and twos. Surreal slipped out of the way. John was throwing heat. John was throwing power. John's talked about how much power he's got over the years. Surreal was moving just fine. He was backing away. One thing that guys don't do with John, and perhaps it's because they can't. Perhaps it's because he's too good. But one collective observation that nobody's ever done with John, they don't go fight him. They don't bring the fight to him. They don't stand their ground. They don't back him up. Anyone John has ever fought, John strikes first. John touches his opponent before the opponent touches him, and the opponent backs away. And until you have somebody that's going to stand their ground, and standing your ground and being a man against John Jones does not guarantee you victory. It doesn't guarantee that you make it longer than Surreal did. I'm just sharing with you, you're not going to beat John, and whoever comes along that finally does beat John will not be somebody that turns and runs away from him. It's not somebody that's going to sidestep, go lateral, go backwards, or go. They're going to stand their ground and they're going to go forward. They're going to have to walk out there with courage that I can deal with you. Here's my skills. But when you walk out into a competition, before you test who's got the skills, before you test who's in shape, before you test who's got the power, before you test who's disciplined, before you test who's better, and you start backing away, you're conceding from the jump. You're reducing whatever skills you have. You are reducing. You might as well be putting a blindfold on. And every opponent that John has ever had, it's, it's just a collective observation. None of them stand their ground and none of them walk him down. None of them touch him first. They get contact made with them. It really was an incredible thing. To become a champion of the world, good job. Ever in your life. Any sport, any way, however you did it. If there's politics, if there's bureaucracy, I don't give a damn. If you win a world championship, good job. Can we agree? If you win a world championship at 35 years old, great job. Can we agree? If you win a world championship at 35 by stoppage in the first round without ever getting hit against an opponent who, when the line opened, was the favorite. Even if that changed within 30 minutes, which it did, the guy was still the favorite at one point. He doesn't put a hand on you. You get rid of him. You take the strap away. He's younger than you. He's more active than you. Good job. Can we agree? And if you do all of those things without having a gym, when we were told that John was not coming to the gym, we know that John... Switch management. We know we went into a weight class that he's never performed. We know we walked into a building that was packed. We know that the energy was awkward. I've got to go with that word. It was It's an awkward feeling when you have an upset, like happened tonight, right before John in the in the form of Alexa Grasso over Shevchenko. There's a lot of elements to that, though, and there's no way 
to look at that and come away with anything other than simply saying to John Jones, good job. Shavkat Rachmanov. That is his name. Shavkat. Last name, Rachmanov. This was an incredible fight for a lot of different reasons. There's always a question when you have these guys with these beautiful records of, do they just have a beautiful record or are they a tough guy? I mean, you run into this all the time. It never goes away. It's not as though Rachmanov's the first guy we had this question about. It's not as though he's going to be the last one. I mean, we're going to have this with somebody else in the next couple of months, right? There's a, there's a new flavor of the week that's always rolling into town. Something to be said for momentum goes out there, puts a few good performances together. Puts the right few good performances together. A little bit of luck maybe even sprinkled in there. Next thing you know, he's fighting for a title shot. But somewhere down the road, he deals with adversity. He's not built for that. Not only does he lose that one, he never bounces back. How many times have you guys heard that story? So it's just a big question when we're dealing with Rachmanov. He's not a guy, and in this sport, we start with your word. We will start as a baseline at your word. If you say you're really good, that's where we start. If you say you're unbeatable, if you say that you hit hard, if you say that you're strong, if you claim that you've got great endurance, if you say that your IQ is really high, we will believe you. We'll start there. We might set out to disprove you. Maybe we do. Or maybe you double down on your point. When you have a guy like Rachmanov that makes absolutely no claim. And so people start saying it for him. They say, what a great wrestler he is out of Pakistan. They start talking about how good his strikes are. Starting about his submission game, they, and eventually they're going to read you his record, which right now is 17-0, all finishes. Five minutes ago, prior to me turning the camera on and making you this piece, it was 16-0, eight knockouts, eight submissions. But you start to wonder just how good is this guy? I mean, what's he going to do when there's adversity? Who are these guys that he was beating? And was it momentum? Was there uh, some luck? I try to avoid that specific word, but I've watched the sport long enough to see guys that get in there and it's just like time after time, something happens. They win all of their fights. They win them in the very first minute. One guy even picked a guy up and put him down and the the opponent hit his head on the octagon, on a metal piece of octagon and knocked him out. I'm like, this dude just got on a roll. I can't, I can't remember who this was, but he just like got on this roll where everything was going his way. So you just have to ask yourself, is that what's going on with Rachmanov? Why am I seeing something so special, but he's not telling me it? I don't know if I've ever seen a special talent before that I identified before it was identified for me by the guy. And it doesn't mean that you have to be brash and arrogant. The guy will find a way to work it into conversation. You know, you're talking to him, seeing how you're doing. Ah, you know, yeah, that reminds me of the time I was getting ready for the Olympics. And uh, a funny story to tell you, you find a way. Ah, God, what a great memory. Well, you know, that reminds me of the day I got my black belt in jiu-jitsu. It was a total surprise when the coach gave it to me. Like, you like you just, you find a way. And Rachmanov has never found that way. So, 
when he's dealing with adversity and when he's dealing with Neil, when he's dealing with somebody, we know how explosive Neil is. We know how strong Neil is. We didn't know where Neil's mental stance was. And we didn't know that because this fight was supposed to happen previously. When was this, when was this supposed to happen? A month ago? Two months ago, it was supposed to happen, and it didn't happen. It didn't happen on Neil's part. So instead of canceling the fight or giving Rockman of a replacement opponent, they pulled the whole thing, stuck it together. What turned out to be today and what was yesterday known as a weigh-in, Neil missed weight by four pounds. So we had very good evidence going into this match that Neil had a respect for Rachmanov. And a lot of time, respect comes through fear. But Neil was not acting like Neil. Now, I don't kick Neil when he's down. I, I'm just making an observation that the guys in the locker room know who's who. You guys get a ranking that gets put out for you, and we come and we talk about certain guys, and you get to a card and certain guys are featured. You might even be in a co-mate or a main event. Maybe you'll even be in a world title fight. Aside from all of that, in the locker room, we know who's who. We don't need to see those rankings. Any of the corruption, we don't need to know the politics of the placement of the car. We don't need to know who's fighting for a world championship. When you get us together in the back, we know who's who. And Neil made it very clear that he knew Rachmanov was a tough night out. So when Rachmanov was taking those punches, when Rachmanov Won this fight, and I realized that it was by a choke. It was even by a standing choke. It was the boxing that won the fight. It wasn't some kind of tricky boxing, right? These weren't spinning roundhouse kicks. These weren't, these weren't kicks to the breadbasket. These weren't beautiful combinations. These were ones and twos. All night long, Rachmanov threw a jab, and then he threw a cross. He tried to get out of the way so that he didn't take anything back. He didn't succeed every single time. Neil hit him a few times. Neil was wearing on him. Rachmanov started sweating. His heart rate is getting up, but he keeps on winning. He keeps on pouring it on. He never gets away from it. When he gets hit, when he gets cut, when he gets hurt, he doesn't then turn to wrestling. He worked the wrestling in. It was a mixed contest. I'm just sharing for you. We haven't quite seen this side from him. And the really good fighters, the flashes in the pan, can always get the oohs and the ahs from the crowd. They will always have techniques that make the crowd go, ooh, ah, but the champions are a lot more basic. The champions on Saturday night when the world is watching will use a jab and a cross. And that's what Rachmanov did. Now, when this fight ended, Joe Rogan was trying to shine him up. And Joe Rogan said, and this almost surprised me, he said, Rachmanov, the next time we see you, it might be for a title shot. Th those are huge words. Where, how did we get there? The, the, the guy just fought an opponent who had 10% of his purse taken away because he didn't even make the agreed-upon weight class an undercard of a main card. We're talking about world title fight. Well, as you look a little bit closer, guy's 17-0, and 0, all finishes. Yeah, I suppose it's about time to start talking about a world title fight. So Rachmanov comes on the back of that. And I'm always wondering when Joe says these things. Is this Joe being Joe? Is this Joe being a fan? Did Joe misspeak? Right, that happens all the time, too. Things are going fast. Somebody's in your ear. You're trying to get out. It's a commercial break. You want to pay a guy a compliment. All of a sudden, you say something. But I also wonder, at times, did the person in his ear tell him to float the idea? Let's take Rock Monarch's temperature. Let's take the audience's temperature. I don't know that. Of course, I'm 
Of course I'm doing conspiracy. That's just for fun. But then when Rachmanov did speak, he said he wanted a title fight or he wanted Colby Covington. And it's the first time that we've heard from Rachmanov. I haven't even seen in the media. I never heard him talking about fighting Jeff Neal, his opponent that he was fighting. And I just didn't hear it. If he did it, it was at a whisper and didn't come across my desk. But now he's talking about a title shot or he's talking about Colby Covington. I think that's interesting. I think we got a real contender here. And I, I think that tonight he showed the audience that he understands the basics. He can deal with adversity. He's not weak-minded. That actually is what it represents when you take on an opponent that doesn't make the agreed-upon weight class. A lot of people will cancel the fight and not move forward. He did. He wanted the match. Went out there and dominated. Did it with ones and twos. They're talking about title fight. He's talking about Colby Covington. I'm listening to both. I'm going to make this piece and I'm going to call it Dear Dana. Dear Dana, please do not fire Pickett. Dear Dana, please do not release Pickett. Dear Dana, please do not just run whatever contract Pickett has out on the undercard. Put up a good fight with Bo. And you guys might have to watch it twice. You're going to be able to resist that I call it a good fight. You're going to say, Chael, he got no takedowns. Chael, he had no defense. Chael, he landed no strikes. He didn't get a kickoff. He didn't get any off. You're only partly right. I, I, I mean, Pickett was up against it. It is a very rare thing in life to have the entire world, including strangers, people in different states, people in different countries you never even met, telling you you have no chance. It's just a rare thing. When would you ever encounter them? With, within what environment? And then where could you go that you were vulnerable, such as on television, with nearly no clothes on, and go out to match your skills, which intersect with your dream? And you got to do that with a guy who everybody, including those you've never met, said you're not good enough to deal with it. it it's one of these things. So... I'm looking for things before the fight starts. Number of upsets in the sport. But those upsets have some commonalities. Every upset that you've ever seen involves the guy losing, finding himself in a situation that was harder than he knew it was going to be. And secondly, an overperformance by the underdog. That the underdog can, in retrospect, even tie together and tell you what happened. You guys might remember the, the biggest upset in the history of sport, at least the most infamous one, Buster Douglas versus Mike Tyson. But Buster Douglas, after he knocked Mike out, said, I knew I wasn't going to lose that fight. I did it for my mom. And something happened. I was in the sixth grade. I want to say his mother died. And, and it was like two weeks before, and he was dedicating that match to his mom. And I know that that doesn't necessarily make it so. Any business book that you've ever read by some multimillionaire that made it will always rewrite history. And he'll always tell you, I knew. I just knew that if I could just, then the world would, but I knew ahead of time. And I believed in one. I believed in myself. They rewrite history, right? The, the, the guy took a risk. He came into a couple of bucks. Most likely his dad gave it to him. 
he saw an opportunity to do either a good or a service that caught on. He was able to duplicate that over time, made some money. So I do understand that it doesn't always literally have to be that the guy knew something or a guy had a strategy or he was dedicated, but you can generally tell a lot by the body language. How'd the guy warm up? See, you, you, you want the fights. You want all your athletes. I'm a wrestling coach. Talk to the team about this all the time. It does not matter who you're taking on. It does not matter what the environment is. It doesn't matter what the stakes are. Every match you treat the same. There's a referee. And I'm using a wrestling situation, but we're going to go three rounds. It's going to be a total of six minutes. You get two points for a takedown. You get one point for an escape. Keep your shoulders off the mat. And anywhere you go in the world, whether they want to call it a district championship, an Olympic championship, a state championship, a city championship, anywhere in the world, the rules are the same. It's just outside forces can step in and make the environment seem different. I bring that to you because how's Pickett going to handle this? Main card opportunity, UFC. So, so what happens now? He wasn't overly offensive. He got stalked. He resisted the takedown. The bad news for Pickett, as Bo went to the ground, Bo cleared. So now when Pickett comes to his knees, Bo's just got to spend behind, start putting legs in. Once you get legs in, guys dry, you come over his neck. I mean, we all have understood that one. I will just share for you that Pickett as an athlete, I'm well aware, guy. My, my TV's right behind me. I'm, I'm well aware he just got his ass kicked. Not as bad as you might think. He really didn't. You know, there was, there was no point of that contest that anybody could maintain that Pickett quit, that Pickett gave up on himself, that Pickett checked out, that when the going got tough, he didn't endure. Come on. Got a three-time NCAA grappling champion. Puts his arms around his neck, squeezes so the oxygen's gone. I mean, you're going to have a certain outcome. I thought the Pickett looked good, and I'll tell you this about Bo Nickel. He's scary. He's real scary. You have guys like Bo, and we've only had a few. Randy Couture was one of them. Daniel Cormier was one of them. Aaron Pico was one of them. We've only had a few. When you come over with this level of expectation and hype, because at the end of the day, this is conflict and conflict resolution done amongst unarmed combatants. That's it. Some of the rules under unarmed combat, you can punch, and some of them you can't. Some of you can, you, you, you can elbow a guy right in his forehead and some of you can't. It's still mano a mano in front of the world, contained by time and space. When you have people that do so well at that, they don't always make that transition. And fighting and wrestling are not the same. It used to be. There used to even be a team called the Raw Team. It was ran by Rico and Lou Ciparelli. But they would sign any wrestler if you were a top Six in the country for Greco-Roman or top eight in the country for freestyle wrestling. Any wrestler, the Raw team, put you on the roster, take over your career, help you find fights and make a living. I'm just sharing for you, it's not that way anymore. About the only thing that you saw in Bo's match tonight, and I understand he got an underhook in a, in a knee pick, but about the only thing that you saw tonight that would correlate to his days as an amateur wrestler, was grit. It was an ability to compete. You know some badasses from your neighborhood. But the badass never went and he never did MMA. How come? Is it because he wasn't as bad as you all thought he was? Mm, that's a part of it. But the big reason, and the big thing that separates fighters 
from MMA fighters is one is spontaneous and one is not. You could be a tough guy. You could be a scary guy. You're plenty strong. You're not somebody to mess with. But you're not going to sit around and think about it. Guy calls you out, tells you, meet me after school at 3 o'clock. You're not going to do it. You might walk up and punch him right then just for saying it. But you're not going to sit in class for the, for the next five hours staring at the clock, scared to death with your palms sweaty. You're just not going to do it. It's going to shut you down. And that's one thing about MMA. We've got the rules. We've got the engagement. We know how we're going to settle this, but we're not going to do it until a specific time we're going to wait. There is no spontaneity, which now requires a mental toughness and a mental resolve. And those are some of the things that you get within wrestling. Those are some of the things that you saw Bo Nickel do tonight. I I, I don't want, and, and I hope we use this as an example of Bo. Right. This sport is being done wildly differently than it was before. We have never had, from a strategic standpoint, what we had in 2022. So it, as we go into 2023, there's still some changes I'd like to see. For example, if you get a community together, speaking and telling you how tough a guy is, like Bo Nickel, who happens to be undefeated, even if it's a handful of fights, it's still a perfect record for a main card guy in the UFC. Get him the right fights. You don't need to carry anybody. The term carry a guy, the term build a guy, these are just things you say when you don't know what you're doing. Let's get Bo, a real opponent. Let's get him in there real fast. And let's find out how good he really is. I know that was short and to the point. Just want to touch base with you. I hope you continue to enjoy your weekend. We're going to be back for much more on Tuesday. Until then, I'm Chael Sonnen, and you are welcome.